Podcast Network Asia. Welcome to She Talks Peace, a podcast that highlights the role of women peacebuilders around the world in bringing lasting peace and security to their communities. Eavesdrop into their conversations and get to know their stories. From the Philippines to Malaysia, from Indonesia to Palestine, from Myanmar to the United States. Their dreams and their hopes for a world without violence and a world where every woman and girl can be whoever she wants to be. Hosted by Amina Rasul Bernardo, President of the Philippine Center for Islam and Democracy, and Dina Zaman, a Malaysian journalist and co-founder of Iman Research. This is She Talks Peace. Hello, friends and listeners from the Philippines, Malaysia, and around the world. Welcome to She Talks Peace. This is Amina Rasul of the Philippine Center for, for Islam and Democracy from Manila. My co-host... Hi, salam from Kuala Lumpur. I'm Dina, Dina Zaman from Iman Research Malaysia. And just like what Amina just said, welcome to She Talks Peace. Hi, Dina. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just $60, bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. How are you today? Okay lah, Amina. You know, life is back to normal. Albeit with masks and sanitizers and all that. So yeah, business as usual in Kuala Lumpur. How about you? Well, lucky you. For us, not yet. But then, Dina, I'm a senior citizen <laughs> and you're not. So rules are very different for senior citizens. We... Our, you know, our, our rights and our freedom to travel curtailed a little bit more. But, you know, um, having all this time on, on our hands, it was just remembering my dad. Yeah. It, was, um, it was his birthday uh, last month. Wow. He was a wonderful father. He was very supportive of yeah. his daughters. And my mom's ambitions supported her for her Senate run. And she became mm-hmm. a senator. My dad used to be the Philippine ambassador to Saudi Arabia, you know. Oh, and, um Oh, yeah. And Ooh. I was really lucky because I first visited Saudi Arabia and performed the Hajj when he was the ambassador. Have you performed the Hajj, Dina? No, I haven't. I've performed the Umrah, the smaller Hajj. But I do ah. want to perform the Hajj soon. You know, one day, inshallah, next one year, two years. You know? Yeah. Um, and I also know that the Hajj, I mean, I've read about it. It's one of the, you know, five pillars of Islam. And a once-in-a-lifetime duty for all Muslims if they can perform and if they can, uh, you know, uh, afford it. Yeah, that's important. Yeah. So before the pandemic, can I think we've had like, some 2.5 million pilgrims who've gone to Mecca for the five-day-long Hajj. But this COVID has really put a spanner in the works. You know, I think Saudi has limited it to 60,000 pilgrims, but no foreigners are allowed. 
I think. That's what I read. Yep. But I also recently read that the Grand Mosque in Makkah has yeah. returned to operating at full capacity. No oh, wow. more social distancing. Oh, oh wow. boy. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. It's a uh, it's a good thing Saudi Arabia does not uh, really need tourism because uh-huh. I don't think foreigners are uh-huh. are still allowed for right. for the coming Hajj. Uh-huh. But you know when when Papa was ambassador to Saudi Arabia, right? We didn't we didn't really get to do much touring. We just uh-huh. stayed in Riyadh uh-huh. and um, visited Medina uh-huh. once. But you know what he said was really beautiful? Yeah. Yemen. Oh, because so um, yeah. he had he had two countries under him. He was ambassador to Saudi Arabia and mm-hmm. ambassador to Yemen. Mm-hmm. And uh, he mentioned Socotra Island. All right. Its beaches and old architecture. Yeah. He mentioned um Shibam Hadramaut, right. one of the ancient cities in Yemen, uh, in existence for nearly 1,700 years. And you know what American tourists uh, who have managed to go to Yemen called it? What do they call it? Chicago of the desert huh? or Manhattan <laughs> of the desert. And yeah. you know why? Mm-hmm. Because a long time ago, they already had tall buildings, elevated mud buildings, some 30 meters high. So these were called the, you know, open quote, close quote, skyscrapers. And uh, it's now a UNESCO World Heritage Site. You know, I mean, I don't know whether you remember Dr. Kaukab. She's a member of ICANN Wassel. I tried Mm. to reach out to her, you know, about this last two, three years, but she's not been responding to a Gmail. But she did mm. tell me the same, how beautiful Yemen is. And that, you know, all we know of Yemen is the conflict that they're all facing. But it's more than just that. It's a lovely country. In fact, the UN Security Council has actually called for de-escalation in Yemen, you know, to counter the growing risk of last, uh, large-scale uh, famine in the country. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's sad, isn't it? Mm-hmm. How a lovely country and... Uh really lovely people can descend so fast into crisis. Right. And the UNSCR actually demanded an immediate nationwide ceasefire, right? Yes. And called for an end to the escalation by Houthis in the strategic city of Marib. I really wonder how it all started. You know, I mean, I would really got to ask our guests. You know, I think uh, Dr. Antalak would know you know what to say and maybe you might want to introduce her oh yeah you're absolutely right we have a wonderful guest dr antelak mutawakel is an assistant professor and lecturer at sana university and she has lectured there since 1986 in the department of literature in the english language and at the center for gender and development so she's a, she's like you you the two of you share a lot in common, literature. And uh, Antelak is co-founder of the Youth Leadership Development right. Foundation, mm-hmm. which uh, she established in 1998. 
And um, she's been chairing the board since 2001 because she really believes in the foundation's vision that Yemen has effective and skilled young leaders, both female and male, who play an important leadership role in community development and contribute to making a better world. Antelak holds a doctorate in gender and literature, Dina, from Tilburg University in Holland. Antelak, welcome to She Talks Peace. Oh, thank you. Thank you first uh, for inviting me. Uh, Amina, I'm happy to be with you, actually, uh, as women leaders around the world, trying to really change this world to be a friendly world for everybody. And thank you uh, that you have really a good memory, both of you. You and Dina also, she remembers something good about Tiamen. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I am a Yemeni, so I could go on, go on, go on. <laughs> and you should. <laughs> yeah. You know, my, my only regret, Antelak, um, was that when my dad was in Saudi Arabia, I never got to go to, to Yemen. We always thought we had time, you know that we'd be able to, uh, to, to go there sometime. So, so how did it all start, Antela, this, this crisis in Yemen? Uh, this crisis actually started in 2011 with the rising up, as they call the spring, the, the Arab Springs, actually, ah. it was one, I mean, after the rising in Tunisia. Mm-hmm. And already there were actually, uh, I mean, a lot of, political problems in addition to economic problems, actually, mm. with the regime at that time. So, and justice also, uh, which is really, uh, I consider it a big reason behind all those, I mean, conflicts going throughout Yemen for now, I mean, decades. Mm. Uh, so that's why the youth and uh, the opposition parties also, went out to the square for a strike and uh, since then i mean actually uh, started actually the conflicts between the those people who are in the square on the as, as they call it the the opposition square uh, next to the sanaa university where i'm mm-hmm. teaching and also the regime square we we call it in uh, uh, sabine's okay uh, square mm-hmm. And they started this, and then they came to um, actually a solution. I mean, as we right. call it, the, the Gulf actually uh, treatment, or that they come to agree that they would have really uh, this. Uh, the ex-president would really uh, step out and uh, I mean give the. To the to his deputy, which is the president now, Hadi, and there is a national dialogue that include about 600 people from all around the world. I mean, around Yemen, uh, from um, different. Uh, I mean, from the ruler and from the actually the city, the urban places, and also um, they get together and they discuss different there were nine groups 
uh, one of them, the state building, uh, I mean, freedom. We have the issue of Sada because there was actually a, a war between the regime and uh, this uh, area, Sada. Mm -hmm. And also between the, the problem also between the South and the North and mm -hmm. as a result of 1994, actually. Uh, I mean, I cannot call it civil war, but I call it authorities uh, war, because mm. it's not the people who were really fighting. I mean, uh, in this 1994, actually, at all. Who were fighting? The authorities, both. Mm -hmm. Oh, we the have authorities. Social, yeah, the social actually uh, regime that was in the in the south, and also uh, the authority that was uh, in the Yemen Republic. Mm. So that's why we consider it, it is actually authorities, because they were fighting, as just now also, I consider, for power. For power. Yeah. Uh, so it has, because the people, I mean, we are one Yemen, actually. This is what we believe. We are married from each other. We travel. I mean, we, we're one ones. I mean, you cannot say that it is really two countries at all. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. But the regime actually was different, actually, in both countries. And when we come to the unity, the, there was, I don't know, as you could, they, they did it fast with that. Not fast, actually. It has been really discussions for decades. Mm -hmm. But uh, it was not the moment, the last moment, it was fast. Mm. Okay, and that's, uh, I mean, this is what also the Southern says, that uh, we did not uh, accept this last moment. But the discussions of unity, it has been really for decades between South and North. Oh my goodness, Dina. Wow. Another North and South situation. Yeah. It's yeah. a good word. <laughs> Dr. Antalag, I mean, I'm listening. Uh, I will admit I am not familiar with Yemen at all. I mean, I just read. I read the papers and all. You teach literature, you know. How has this work, you know, teaching literature, actually assisted you, supported your work in peace building? How is this, you know, not okay, applicable to what is happening, the conflict in your country right now? That's right, Dean. I've, I've been curious about that also. <laughs> I mean, you, you studied and taught literature. How did you get yeah. involved in peace building and, and empowerment? Yeah, actually, I'm, I'm teaching uh, American and English literature. But after I finished, actually, my PhD in gender, I started really to reflect seriously. How can I help the, your question? How can I help my country? Okay. Uh, I mean, out of, of, of this. That's why I start involving and established, actually, uh, why uh, first I joined the Women's Center, okay, uh, and then I uh, I actually uh, uh, I mean founded uh, the Foundation of Youth Leadership Development Foundation. I was even in literature very much interested actually in feminism, women's empowerment. Uh, actually, in, even if on, in my MA, I have chosen uh, Kate Shub, an American writer, as you know her. She is actually uh, a feminist before even feminism. Uh, and compare her to uh, Ghadi Saman, which is 
an Arab also feminist writer. Mm. Uh, so this interest, it was along. In addition to my upraising, I am uh, the daughter of uh, human rights defenders. Ah, yeah, he, troublemaker. <laughs> yeah, he was trying actually doing his best to establish this human rights, uh, different organizations, yeah. also at the, his teaching at the university. Uh, he is also, uh, I mean, taught uh, human rights and political science also. Uh, this is comes, I mean, I feel that <laughs> also my everyday life Mm. Uh, is the discussions about mm. human rights and political during the lunch, during the dinner? I mean, during our breakfast, we all talk about uh, those issues all mm. around. I mean, a practice mm. democracy, even in our uh, life. He was uh, also a free mind. Uh, I mm. mean, if there is an issue or I want to do something, then we use uh, democracy and then, I mean, raise hand and all those uh, I mean, practices in democracy, we use it at home. So it was part part of me. Mm. Yeah. yeah, that's why I, when I established uh, in this view that we could really make a change in our youth, I believe uh, oh. in their capacity and they can do something. Uh, better, and I still believe in that. That this is the way that even may end uh, this war and the, the, those conflicts by developing and helping uh, our young people actually with new ways of thinking. I mean, uh, seeing the whole world also how how they can do it, parts contributing to the development of their countries, even if they are. I mean, politically, maybe from a uh, different background. Right. You know, in Telak, 70, I think about 70% of uh, our audience listening to us are, are young. And uh, it's, it's really great that you're talking about um, the role that young people play uh, in, in strengthening uh, democracy, uh, supporting human rights in in um, their countries. I was just wondering whether you could share with us more about your, your experience in, in your work. What's it like today, a woman in Yemen working on empowering young women and young men to, to help the development and the progress of their country? Yeah, if you see, I mean, at the political side, decision makers, place, uh, places, you will see no Yemeni women. Where are Yemeni women? Yeah. But actually, when you go to the floor, you find them, young and old Yemeni women. I've been really working, not from now even. I mean, the gender studies, it was this, uh, actually the first with Palestine, the first gender studies established in the region. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know if you heard about Dr. Rofa Hassan. She was really a human and women uh, feminist, actually, who uh, fight uh, to establish uh, such. And in the first, I mean, the government university, mm -hmm. as well as we have a gender study also in Aden University. So women really have been working for decades. It's not from now. 
uh, on the floor, uh, actually. If, you, if I come to a uh, recent time, uh, you find women in humanitarian assistance. Mm. They were the first ones who really took care of this. I mean, uh, men. Uh, most of the men were actually busy with uh, with the fight uh, and uh, going to the battles. But they are the ones who really helped in that. If you come to the human rights actually organizations, you find uh, the most prominent known human rights, they are led by women. If you come to also to women-led organization, civil society, because this is, as I call it, the open place for women to be present without really the need of authority mm -hmm. to, uh, to appoint them. So the, really, there are very strong uh, civil society organizations established and working by women in all fields in development, in human rights, in women's empowerment. And uh, I mean, he here we will find women. I consider that the women backward or delayed, not, it is because of the authority well, actually. Uh -huh. It's yeah. not, yeah, it's not a matter of traditions. It's yeah. not a matter of religion, actually. That's why in 2011, we find women on the streets. Uh -huh. I mean, when the authorities, either in the opposition or the regime, mm -hmm. accept women's presence, and they need women's presence, actually, they, women are very strong. They used to sleep in nets. Uh, they used to go uh, on a strike, for example, behind even our noble uh, winner, Tawakkur Karaman, and uh -huh. they did not say that she is a woman. Uh -huh. So I myself, as I mean, really concerned, I said that saying that it is only the society, it is only actually traditions, it's a legend, actually, mm -hmm. that has been broken in 2011. Mm -hmm. How come that women now are really present everywhere, talking on TV, getting actually a global uh, prizes? And so it is not, it is the authority will that really stops women stops women being in decision making places. you know you know what Antelak, um i don't know how it is in malaysia but um feminism and arab muslim women are not two terms that we normally uh, correlate because we like you said um we have a, an impression i guess that was propagated by authorities and it is so good, Dina, to hear from Antelap about the reality that women at the ground level, at the floor level, are actually feminist and they're doing all kinds of empowering work. Wow, Dina. Right. You know, um, Dr. Antelap? Yes, Dina. Just hearing you, Nara, I, I'm already imagining in my head because of what feminism, even among the most progressive of Muslim women in Malaysia, or even women in general in Malaysia, the word feminism is so, is regarded with great distaste. And to hear that in Yemen, you know, Yemeni women are taking to the street to say, look, this is our rights, etc. Mm -hmm. It's very, very inspiring, you know. But perhaps also maybe we have actually, you know, maybe the word feminism has 
needs to be redefined. Yeah. I don't know. But I think it's something which is very wonderful. And I hope my Malaysian sisters from whatever race, backgrounds they are, would be inspired by this. Um, Dr. Antela, I just want to ask, just a little bit, yeah? Because you teach literature, so I'm going back to it. Right? <laughs> How has the process of storytelling helped with peace building? What right. are the programs that you have right. done? Yeah, peace building actually we started maybe uh, since 2011 and uh, the open, I call it conflicts because sometimes there are conflicts but not seen. But, uh, I mean, uh, it started, actually. I I'll tell you how. I mean, uh, it happens uh, in, in both. I mean, I'm doing it uh, through my teaching, through teaching literature. Uh, I mean, actually, after my PhD and my study in depth, gender and, and so on, I started choosing maybe uh, for my students also the kind of short stories uh, that is related and how to uh, feminism, social problems, and even political problems. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Uh, and start discussing it uh, with them. So uh, in, in purpose, that to open their mind. In addition, my teaching also at the Gender Study Center, um, one uh, co-founder also for, for the, of a program called Gender and Study, uh, Gender and Development, uh, I mean, International, International Development Study Center, I mean, Study and Gender. Uh, it was a continuity of my actually being involved uh, in the Women's Study Center earlier because this center has been closed uh, during a political actually rising in 2000 for five years and then reopened again. So now I'm also trying through those two places, uh, three places actually, my teaching at the English department through literature. And I'm bringing, for example, just my teaching this year uh, short courses. I'm teaching a story of an hour of Kate Chauvin and she is a, a brief feminist. So I let my students to, to search for feminism. Mm. So they started knowing what is feminism. And then we, we came to that. It is not only feminism in her stories, but she is looking for both, I mean, men and women. So I asked them to, to search for gender. What does it mean? What's the concept? 
of, of gender. This is the way. And also through the Youth Leadership Development uh, Foundation, actually, I find it an open place that we did a lot, a lot of programs. Uh, for example, in peace, we had uh, women leadership in peace, which is uh, done by, I mean, which uh, is in help with uh, Oxfam and other also local NGOs that we have in Yemen, that we try to to actually to uh, to see the gap between the three tracks, the first track, second track, and third track, I mean, in women's uh, leadership in peace. Yeah. We have also local, uh, we try to, uh, to recreate or help actually not creating this because they are leaders in at the level of the local, at the level of districts. So, and uh, we are proud that we came out what we call granddaughters of Queen Sheba. Oh, I love it that you mentioned Queen Sheba because yes. uh, she is she she is actually mentioned in uh, in the Quran, isn't she? But but yeah. I wanted to ask this um, Antelope, we're talking yeah. about um, feminism and uh, and faith. I was wondering. Um, have you uh, written uh, have stories about um, Khadija, the 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 wife of uh, the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him? Because I think she was the original feminist, wasn't she? She owned her own business and she employed the Prophet. Yeah, you know we have a program called Khadija. Oh, tell us yeah. about it. Uh, it is a program how we can really uh, regain the acceptance of the society yes. to be that woman uh, leader in business. Yes. It was, uh, for young people, it was internship and it was uh, actually supported by Silatak at that time. And by, as you said, Khadija, uh, the prophet of... Uh, I mean, wife was actually the businesswoman, was the mm -hmm. manager. Right. When Prophet Muhammad was just a, a laborer working with her. Right. And, and it, it has nothing. I mean, he accepted that. I mean, and he was working. There is nothing. And we wanted to tell people by calling this program Khadija that our, our Islamic, actually, our traditions accept because mm -hmm. what happens that with that uh, women being a manager of a work is not that much accepted. Yes. I remember that uh, a, a friend of mine who was a judge, she said that once time that she was in a court and then a client comes and as, as he see that she is a woman judge, he left his case. Mm. He said, no. So uh, we did that, I mean, actually. We try, as you said, using Islamic approach. Also, uh, I want I, I we mean that even and that we are also Muslims. You cannot really say that you are better than us. Okay, yep, absolutely. So we try to use it. We try to use Quran when I'm teaching uh, gender and giving training in mainstreaming gender. The first session I gave it is about Islamic Islam and gender. Yeah. I bring uh, many ayats from the Quran and show them how 
It is really justice and actually equality is presented in the Quran. So I'm not talking about a Western idea. Mm -hmm. I'm talking about an idea that came one thousand five hundred four hundred years right. from our culture. Right. So this is to uh, ice breaking. I call it session. Usually I give it to them. So I, uh, they accept the idea. They accept me the idea. I said I. I always tell them I cannot through this computer because it is from the West. Mm -hmm. No, I cannot through this. They. I mean, in gender, the West has developed tools to mm -hmm. reach justice, mm -hmm. which is equality, which is really required by us as Muslims. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, uh, this is how we how we do it. I mean, even now when we talk, we talk to them. I'm Muslim. I can talk like you. I'm I'm praying. I'm doing I'm doing well. You're not better than me at all. You cannot mm -hmm. come and say uh, I'm coming from from the sky or from the West. Mm -hmm. I am. I am Yemeni. I am Muslim. You know, this Dilla, is one way I we don't. Are I don't think many um, non-Muslims and even Muslims. Uh, really understand that Islam, when it was first introduced by the Holy Prophet, liberated women. It gave us rights. It stopped the killing of uh, the girl girl babies. It, uh, it it stopped the the idea that you couldn't have thousands of wives and concubines and put a limit. Right, only four yeah. and only under particular circumstances. So Islam was a liberator of women. So what yeah. happened, Dina? What happened, Antelak? I, I was just about to ask you and Dr. Antelak. I mean, I see a lot of women in Kuala Lumpur, educated, right? Who are actually, you know, saying that child marriage is all right. Polygamy is all right. I see many women who are, you know, very smart, very, you know, gung-ho. And then at home, they actually fall under this. I don't know what happens. I mean, in the boardroom, there are a tiger. Mm. But when they go home, if the husband oh beats them, that's fine. That's the husband's right. No, I'm hearing a lot of this. And you're going, but yes, yeah, so I don't know. It's like you lead dual lives. And, you know, Dr. Antala, if you were to bring this up, because I have friends, you know, who are Muslim women activists who talk to them, to talk to the public. This is not in Islam. There is that pushback. Oh, you're too progressive. That's not the real Islam. And you know, I can only sit back and go, "Oh mm. my God." Mm. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I do agree. I mean, as uh, first, as Amina said, actually, Islam is the first that criminalized actually GBV. Mm -hmm. I mean, uh, yeah. By, uh, yeah. So this is one of the things that I'm telling also. See, GBV is not a Western idea. GBV. Mm -hmm. Criminalizing GBV is Islamic, and the first actually uh, global uh, criminalization of GBV, because sometimes you find people fighting, even as Dina women, uh, said, it's women. I, I, I think Dina also, it's women, because raising up education uh, is really affected. It's not sometimes... Uh, being a male or a female, but it's sometimes how they're raising up. I mean, you don't know. I, I always tell my students, because you are one, one not wearing the gender glasses, you cannot see those things. Uh -huh. So raising up affects us uh -huh. as women or men. I mean, sometimes uh, husbands are cruel, not because they are cruel, 
But because if they do not do this, the society would criticize them. Their mothers would criticize them. Why uh -huh. they are really so kind with their wives. Uh -huh. I mean, that cruel man, I mean, manhood and all those ideas. So I, I put it back to raising up education. I mean, uh, all those help. Uh, they, they need to be actually uh, studied again, looked at again. And we start really trying to change them. That's why, uh, I don't know, if New Leadership uh, Foundation, and we have really wonderful now young teams, actually, male and females working together, we notice this and try to change them, actually. And the, the gender studies, uh, the gender training, we're not giving it only to women. No, we're giving it to both uh, young male and females because we want to change their ideas. We had a, a program also, as you said here in peace, that we try to empower uh, women uh, members of the political parties. Mm. And when we did that, we brought 50 men, young men and 50 young women the, from those parties. So because they have the authority now, okay? It is in their hands. Unless we change them and, and bring them to our side, we cannot take it from them. Uh, I mean, we have to change the ideas, their thoughts, their looking, uh, I mean, to all issues. Uh, as you mentioned here that, uh, for example, in Arabic, we have a feminine, uh, I mean, we could feminize uh, the language, mm -hmm. but uh, you see even women, they don't say, uh, wazira, which is female minister. No, mm -hmm. they choose the masculine, which is mm -hmm. not correct mm -hmm. because it has been told that you cannot, uh, positions cannot be cannot be really feminized. Uh-huh. Though in Arabic we have it. Uh-huh. Okay. But this is how is it. And we have been really taught in schools that we cannot really, those positions. But if you come to the lower positions, Okay, nurse, they, they have, we have female nurse, male and, nurse. And Arabic. male nurse. Okay. But yeah. big, big positions, no, halas. Mm. Okay, they are not mm. really yeah. feminized. You know, Antelak, maybe this, uh, uh, this, you know, progress towards uh, a more gender fair society is one of the reasons your neighbor, the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia, doesn't like what's going on in Yemen too much. <laughs> yeah. And, and uh, their interference in, in the situation. Has it eased up? Are they now more supportive of, of unification of peace or, or not? Uh, I hope that they would change but because they, I hope that, that Saudi Arabia would understand uh, and even the Emirates would understand that we are in the same geographical area. Right. What's happening in Yemen? How long it wait it take it? It will really move to them. So yep. uh, we should really have good neighborhood. Um, with good neighborhood, we should think about our really interests in both countries. Uh, even we don't want to lo even to love each other. That's fine with me. We don't need <laughs> even. Okay? But we we look at our interests. I mean, as two countries, right? Uh, next uh, to each other i mean that's uh, interference is not really the right thing because this is 
and historically left a deep actually um, feeling uh, in Yemenis. And when I say in Yemenis, I'm, I don't mean authority. Authority, uh, authorities accept to have uh, sometimes relationship, but with people, mm -hmm. which really uh, I'm interested in. This deep feelings that Saudi Arabia is really an enemy is against us. This is not good for our next generations. That's true. Both countries. That's true. You know, um, I was just I was just thinking how the American government, um, especially under Trump, had been criticized. I think by the by the UN even about. Um, uh, the two things, um, one was the, the murder of um, the Washington Post journalist, Khashoggi, and the other one was not doing anything about the humanitarian crisis in, in Yemen. And I was just wondering whether the American government has stepped up and done a little bit more to help resolve the humanitarian crisis you're facing, Antelak. Yeah, I mean, this is what we feel, actually. I mean, Saudi Arabia could play in peace. Mm, yes, it could. Okay, because historically we are, I mean, we are neighbors and we have a lot together. We do not really deny this. But instead, they played the opposite. I mean, the, the opposite expected rule. I mean, they were... Uh, they were the sponsors, the 10 sponsors. And, and we, we still, I mean, say that maybe they could, I mean, really change uh, their point of view. And they, instead of, uh, I mean, helping in raising this conflict between Yemenis, I mean, mm. Yemenis, they still really support peace and uh, social peace also. Because this is what we um, uh, actually we are afraid of. Political sometimes yeah. uh, war ends, but then you have the social uh, divisions and the deep uh, I mean, uh, scars that war left leave because there are there are a lot of I mean dead people. For example, my father was assassinated just before the war. No, really? Yeah, my uh, oh, wow. my, my wow. brother-in-law is abducted. Wow. While he was attending a com uh, going to attend a conference in Morocco, and during his coming back on a trip from Marib to Sana, he was abducted. Until now, it's seven years. We don't know anything about. Oh him. my goodness! And you can see, I mean, how is that really for his children, for his wives, and and for all of us? I mean, and it's not only uh, we, uh, for me. It's only a case, but there are in each family such cases. Wow. I mean, uh, so we hope that as soon as possible, this world would uh, end so we can actually uh, treat our wounds uh, inside us, among us. I mean, uh, that's, that's our uh, wish, hope, I don't know. You think President I Biden and his administration will be more proactive in a political solution that will support peace in your region or not not yet <laughs> not yet not yet Dina not yet <laughs> gosh I mean that is really you know you know I mean I've gone back to school right 
So uh, I'm trying to cope. But anyway, the point is that, you know, the more you read about the conflicts in not just in Southeast Asia, but in MENA, Yemen and all that, yeah. you realize that there's just so much work to do. And, uh, you know, yesterday, our um, government actually said that we should actually negotiate with the Taliban. After all, Ooh. the US, uh, I should send you this. Uh, you know, uh, Dr. Antala, saying that uh, the US yes. did nothing for women's rights in Afghanistan uh -huh. anyway. So let uh, Malaysia and the Taliban deal with this. And that made me realize, amidst all the furor on my Facebook, when everyone said, these people must be crazy, you realize that there is so much to do. But the resources aren't there. I'm not even talking about money. I'm talking about people. You know, Dr. Yeah. Antala in Yemen. Yeah. In, in Afghanistan, you have all these problems. I mean, uh, even here, the Philippines and all, right? We're basically gasping. I mean, maybe Philippines has a bigger, wider CSO network. But in Malaysia, when, it talk, when you talk about peace building or PCVE, very, very few groups, you know, and you think there's so much more to be done. How are we going to do this? Where do we go? And Dr. Antelak, with all the challenges that you've overcome, would you have any advice? Uh, I think also what, uh, I mean, uh, what, I mean, this is what we do. Networking all around the world is really one, uh, one idea. I mean, UN uh, almost fails actually to set peace all around the world. How about uh, CSOs and uh, people networking? Th they might, I mean, and that's why I'm really happy being a member also of ICANN and we are also members in different networking. This is the way how can we all around the world decide away from even with the cooperation, if possible, not away even with UN, we could do, I mean, something. We can also even reform uh, UN uh, directions to peace instead of really uh, war. I mean, I do believe that uh, most of the people are really looking for peace all around the world. Maybe authorities or actually sometimes politics. Uh, I don't know, is it politics or killing politics or what, what we can call it? It, it is the one and interest sometimes, uh, economic and uh, that uh, lead us, but can we really make uh, human rights lead us? I mean, uh, people, ordinary people all around the world, which there are millions and millions, and those who are on the authorities are not really, I mean, if I come in, maybe a million are all around the world, but the, the rest are bigger uh, population. So one of the things that I believe networking together and development of youth, I mean, I'm thinking one of the idea I was discussing with a friend of mine who is a professor in uh, Switzerland, that I told her, she, she, she said that she wants to do something for Yemen. I said, what did we think if we do uh, academy for political science? So uh, academy with a new uh, approaches to politics. Uh, so we, at least we didn't, we, we don't have the present. We have the future, not even of our sons, but of our grandsons, actually. Uh, I mean, if we can do something, if we can do a seeds for a, an idea, and I believe uh, 
in that how can we really uh, more and more network together develop exchange ideas and uh, have a strong media in peace instead of war yeah and uh, i i agree with you until like, oh do you can you hear the rain oh it's raining hard here oh. in uh, yeah i can in, hear that in, yeah in manila so just uh-huh. in case you're wondering what that sound was that's uh, That, that's that's not even a typhoon and telak it's just rain uh-huh. <laughs> but but anyway um did it, that you know there your discussions about uh, right. an academy a political training program for yeah. young people that's that's fascinating and yeah. i think it's something that maybe could uh, have cross regional dimension so that uh, young yemenis can learn from young filipinos and young Malaysians as well we can share secrets and the networking yeah. is going to be even stronger what do you think Tina so well, i agree with that and especially like i've been talking to Melinda also how you know when you talk about leadership in Malaysia is always you know geared towards just corporate le- leadership but this what we've been discussing is something that is greatly needed you know why must you segmentize leadership into different different boxes So I agree with it. I think we should have an institute. We did talk about this before, Amina. It's just a matter of getting funding. <laughs> well, what did they say about um, that baseball movie, The Field of Dreams? Build it and they will come. I do believe in that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, build it and they will come. Yeah. I do believe if we, uh, I mean, we should have dreams. Uh, I mean, so we could, they could be real. If you don't have any dream, uh, we don't have anything. I do believe that. I mean, this is from also from my experience uh, uh, from Youth Leadership Development Foundation. I mean, it was established uh, during a diff- difficult time in 1998. And uh, I mean, I didn't believe that it would come really and become stronger. And I'm almost now not, I mean, I'm not working there, but the youngs are really are the one who are managing everything. I'm just uh, the chairperson of, uh, uh, of the administrative board. So, and everything is going well. I mean, so I believe that's why I'm still dreaming and dreaming. <laughs> well, we need, we need more dreamers. But Antelak, maybe you could... Um, uh, share with our listeners if they wanted to be of help or they wanted to support your foundation maybe you can uh, tell them how how to connect with you and with the foundation uh, yes we have a website for the foundation hey it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad high quality fashion without the price tag say hello to Quince I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50% to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. It's www.yldf.com. 
and uh, so they can they can support us okay uh, through this website uh, i as usually i said uh, sometimes it's not only a matter of money but exchanging also uh, information exchanging experiences ex uh, sometimes also technical things sometimes that you don't know but that there is an organization that really is strong in that so it could be through different i mean we used to have and we are really uh, grateful to those who uh, volunteers uh, at ydf uh, from uh, at the beginning, I mean, uh, we had uh, Mrs. Karen Mervink, who is from Netherlands, for example. She is actually also uh, a co-founder who supported actually this youth at the beginning. She was the wife of the ambassador. I mean, personally, away from the embassy. And through her work, and we have one from American, uh, Catherine, uh, I mean, uh, Kathleen also, uh, that we had at that time, she was, as, as I said, and there are a lot, a lot, Elizabeth Stittiger from Australia, okay, we have a lot of people, and now I cannot say there is really a great support, as um, we had that volunteers exchange also between our employers and other uh, organization uh, employers, I mean, some employers come to us, I know that this time is difficult, and some of our young people actually, they have uh, they had internship, so they come to the organization added, actually a lot to this. So uh, supporting, uh, I mean, why LDF? Uh, also, as you said, maybe they are the youngs who are listening to this uh, tab more. I hope that they would connect us, connect mm -hmm. our youngs. Uh, we have we could really make programs between youngs, for example, in Philippines and youngs here in Yemen, and so on. I mean, this is this is important, important for YLDF, important for the whole world to be connected mm -hmm. together. Yeah. All right, no, I, you know what? We've all, almost reached the end of uh, our talk. I guess you know on behalf of she talks peace, Dr. Antalan. We like, to, you know, all the people we interview, we always say we have to talk more because 45 minutes is never enough. There's a lot to talk about and a lot to do. And we hope that this is not the last that we'll hear from you and that perhaps maybe next year we can have another conversation, yeah? With you there. Yeah, inshallah. We could, could, inshallah. We could have through uh, the year, but in different ways. Why not? Yes, yes, yes. Thank you yeah. very much, Dina, and thank, thank you, you very much, Amina. And uh, next time, Antelak will have some of your young Yemeni leaders hopefully yeah. join the conversation as well. That would be really mm -hmm. something. So that thank you. Thank you so much, Antelak. Okay, all thank right. you Okay, for inviting me. And thank all you right. for your audience, too. All right. Hi. Bye-bye. To all our listeners... From, of She Talks Peace, thanks so much for joining us today. Uh, wherever you are, we're here, and you can always listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Um, Amina, do you have any, you know, last few words to say to everyone? Well, it has been a, a wonderful talk, and I'm mm -hmm. I'm so glad Antelak talked to us about Islam, Arab yeah. women, 
and yeah. feminism. And yes. I think this is this is a subject matter, Dina, that you had started. Uh, we had started right. discussing before, but we really have to go deeper into it with uh, yes. with Antelap. So I hope our dear listeners have uh, enjoyed mm-hmm. this episode and learned a lot more. And yeah. um, thank you so much for joining us. This is Amina Rasul from Rainy Manila saying, <laughs> until the next episode, yes. uh, have your umbrellas ready. See you soon. See you soon. See you. See you all. Okay, in Bye. peace. Inshallah. Bye. Inshallah. Bye. Bye-bye. She Talks Peace is brought to you in partnership with Podcast Network Asia and Podmetrics, the easiest way to monetize your podcast. For more information, check out their website at podcastnetwork.asia and podmetrics.co. The views and opinions expressed by the podcast creators, hosts, and guests do not necessarily reflect the official policy and position of Podcast Network Asia, the hosts of the program, or other programs of the network. Any content provided by the people on the podcast are of their own opinion and are not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organization, company, individual, or anyone or anything.